Hi, this is David Vinson, and I'm the superintendent of schools for the Wiley Independent School District, and I'm joined by my co-host, Amanda Martin. Hi, I am the Director of Counseling Services and the Wiley Way, and welcome to the Achieving Kids podcast. Our goal is to provide a better understanding of how the decisions we make help promote the best interests of our kids and community. We will tackle big subjects, entertain different viewpoints, but the focus will always be on equipping you with the strategies that will help them become Achieving Kids. Amanda, yes. This is going to be. We don't even have. We don't have our traditional child psychologist on board. I know. We have the best person that I'm going to. I mean, Brett Ledbetter. I mean, parents are going to say, "When can Brett Ledbetter come back and right. be my uh, best my friend? Best friend, my <laughs> my person on the rock with a toga, telling me the sage advice that's going to help." Mm-hmm. bring us to where we need to go agreed and it's really crazy about how you know your dream come rea- come become become reality and i've lived this life where i'll just like watch something on a video mm-hmm. and it becomes what i want my world to be like mm-hmm. and so i saw this ted talk and you can look at it and it's it's amazing brett ledbetter and it's what drives winning and his TED talk literally changed my perspective on achievement. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I've read the research from here to yonder. I have a PhD in this stuff. And his his thought process is so in line with every thought leader in America that does years worth of research. And that's why half a million people have watched uh, this TED talk. And when I dug into Brett's life a little bit and understood some different things, I mean, he's not only a college basketball player, but he was, he's also like, if so you'll watch, you won't watch March Madness, but if someone <laughs> does watch March Madness, when an elite team comes on, I mean, not some team that probably just barely made it, but when you see an elite team with you know, <laughs> big time, yeah, uh, this Brett's talking to him. Right. Brett's guiding them. And he limits this not just to the the sports space, but he a little bit just us, probably the education space, but in business and in mm-hmm. thought leadership across America. You know, people talk about him from ESPN to, to everything else. And the thing is, too, is he has a real heart for what we want to do. And I always say he shares our values. Right. And so Brett spent, spent the last couple of years with us helping us grow our leadership. And uh, we had a big opportunity last year to train every teacher in Wiley ISD with Brett. And then we're going to continue to expand that education space to do those things. So when we look at this, Brett's going to help us today to talk about what drives winning and how do we achieve in this space. So in that space, let's introduce Brett Ledbetter. Brett, how you doing? Great to be with y'all. Trying to ride for the brand. (laughs) Oh my gosh. He's been saving that. Thank you. Thank you for the positive. Wow. That's good. He is riding for our brand. You know, here's the thing. And when you're riding for our brand, you do and you agree with what we do because in this space, we look at it from the perspective of how do we help our kids learn and grow and be the best possible, not only um, academically, but people they can be. And so the goal for what we're going to talk to you about is how we can not only grow achieving people, but good people. And so what we're going to try to do today is basically help understand how you know, we can help our kids define, manage, and model, as Brett says, a pathway towards achievement. And that pathway is going to be strategies to really promote what we call social savviness, you know, character that helps them on a pathway. That that, that pathway is going to be an, not just a pathway of success and a, and, a, and a trophy, but an engaging, hopeful life. And I think that Brett does that each and every day. So, Brett, 
you know, when we think about this, and when you talk to Gonzaga, Oklahoma, Florida, the NBA, the, all of those people in between, the great coaches, the great athletes, leaders in the U.S., what's the one ingredient in the most successful thing, the most successful strategy or pathway that helps these teams or individuals beyond talent to help them achieve? What would you say it would be? From an individual perspective, and I learned this in the grassroots space when we were working with fifth through 12th graders on a weekly basis, was we had a pretty good process for training skill in basketball, but we would see that players wouldn't progress at the same levels. And so we started to ask the question, why? And as we asked that question, we started to see that there were these impediments, these barriers for their performance. And as we started to ask the kids, what are they? It could be self-confidence. It could be not having the courage to take the shot. It could be fear of failure, perfectionism, all these different things. So what we started to realize is that it was the human related issues that were getting in the way of their performance. And so we developed a philosophy around developing character through sport to make them stronger human beings. And as a consequence, we saw their results get better. Then from a collective standpoint, we did the exact same thing. And we asked teams, what are the top three things that could get in the way of this team maximizing its ability? And they write those down. And then we ask them, is that a human-related issue or is that a sport-related issue? Over 90% of the answers go to the human-related side, which are in our control. It's the invisible war that teams fight. And so once we started to realize that this is really what's getting in the way of performance, we started to design plans around attacking that through conversation, and we saw the results get better. You know, and the thing that we would say is Brett doesn't matter, might not know this, but what Amanda Brett is talking about are research-based strategies that have been in the education space, things that have been trying to formalize for years, but Brett has been able to bring it to reality. Yeah, because when he says team, we can say classroom, or when we're talking to parents, we can say family. We're all trying to work together and be better as individuals to grow whatever we're working on. So when you say that, and I'm going to go off script here a little bit from the perspective of one thing that he's talking about before. That doesn't surprise me at all. (laughs) This is exactly why I'm not going to do it, but I'm going to do it anyway. So I love it. Okay. So here's the thing. You talked about a really impressive soccer player, I guess as ING, I don't know where they were. And you were at, and they were the best in the country. And you asked them, and maybe it was soccer, maybe it was basketball. I don't remember, but they're the, how how they were trying to get to the next level and i mean and then it's basically in a self-reflective mode you could look at this from an education perspective too about about how they saw themselves do you want to talk a little bit about that do you know what i'm talking about for the for anybody that's listening you can youtube this it's person over player and it's what drives winning and it, it it's a story of a remarkable female who started playing soccer when she was 13 years old which is really late to start a sport and by 19 she was the freshman of the year leading goal scorer and an all-american and basically the way she accelerated once she hit that the expectations for her from everyone in her circle now we're at a level that she didn't know that she could reach. And that happens for a lot of people that once you have your best performance, 
people expect you to hit that performance. And so that creates a lot of pressure. And when kids are young and they're feeling that pressure, it can manifest itself in so many different ways. And so what we started to do is we started to peel it back. And I just asked her, whenever these young girls, because she had a lot of them, would come and watch you play, what do you want them to say about you? What do you want them to think? And she said that I want them to think about me as a person, not a soccer player. And when she said that, we developed this mantra, person over player. And then anything that happened negative inside the game was an opportunity for her to show all these young females, these young eyes watching her, how to handle, how to respond to events that don't go your way. And when you look at it like that, you're thriving off a completely different energy. And all these young girls are going to have a lot of adversity in their lives. And so for you to be a beacon of hope, to show them how to deal with it, it transformed the way she saw adversity. So when you think about that and you look at where we are and what we're doing, I was thinking about this very question and actually was teeing it up because I had a plan for this question. So it wasn't because I was random or sort of. For everyone that's listening, Dave sent me a list of questions. I know Dave, so I didn't read any of them. And you're right. And the thing is, is that's my magic. It's 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 the pixie dust that I don't share with anybody. I'm just saying. So back to my question, Brett, is I got this from a paying for college one-on-one website. And so this is actually a mom. I don't know if you'd realize this. You wouldn't. Why would you think about this? But when they're actually getting acceptance letters now for, for college, those are rolling in from an academic perspective. And then people are also getting rejection letters. And it's a big time for all of us. And you think about that from a sports space too, but I'm going to read it. I'd like to respond to recent posts I've seen of parents in this group who are heart sick about their sons and daughters who have worked extremely hard to get in top grades, test scores, yada, yada, accomplished or being rejected by highly ranked institutions. Some have mentioned that their students are depressed because of these rejections. Your kids will find a good school. One that wants them, appreciates them and values them. It's not that name of the school or ranking that matters, but what they do with the education they're offered and what they can do far beyond what they thought was possible. I see this every day. So in light of that kid that you just mentioned, you work with her showered with praise, the pedestal made to feel special each and every day. When you talk to her about she's person over player, you also talk to them about what they're saying about themselves. And what was her self-talk like? Well, a great exercise that anyone could do with themselves or their kids is it's a 60 second exercise. And you, why don't we try this with you all real quick? Okay. I love to be <laughs> ready for this ready. because here's the thing, what we're getting to is how to handle adversity. And that's something that's really important. And it makes me think of the bouncy ball that Tim Walton, who's the softball coach at Florida gave his team. And that's how quick we want to bounce back from mistakes. I saw an incredible stat. Roger Federer, who's one of the best tennis players of all time, he only won 53% of his points. Think about that. That means he's losing 47% of his points, and he's arguably the greatest of all time. So how we manage that 47 is incredible. And the the exercise we're going to do, why don't you all try this? It's it's a good exercise, okay? So you're going to write this down. It's the 60-second exercise. Now, we won't go for a full 60. We'll just do 30. But if I was going to ask you, 
we have a strong voice and a weak voice. I want to know some of your weak voice thoughts. What are the things that you say to yourself that are not productive? 30 seconds, make a column, draw the draw a line down the middle of the sheet of paper, use the left to write your weak voice thoughts, write as many weak voice thoughts as you can. Ready, go. Now, for the sake of the recording, this we're not going to go for a full minute. That's exactly what I would do with anybody else. But what I'd like you to challenge you to do now is let's go over to the other side of the paper. And now we're going to write the strong voice thoughts. So what do you tell yourself that is productive, that are affirmations? 60 seconds, write as many as you can down. All right, we can go ahead and, and again, for the sake of uh, this exercise and the format we're in, we'll move on. So Amanda, can I just hear one of your weak voice thoughts? Sure, and uh, not qualified. Okay, you're not qualified. What's another one? Not experienced. Okay, what's another one? What if I don't know? What's another one? That's as fast, that's as, fast as I could write in 30 seconds. All right. And then let's go to your strong voice and give me your three strong voice thoughts. Okay, child of God, fully equipped, you are loved and people will help you. All right, and Dave, can I hear your strong voice and weak voice thoughts? Well, I already had one weak voice. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll just go one for one. What's your weak voice? Um, I run out of time. Yep, I get that. And then what's the strong voice? That I have good people that love and care for me that will help me to achieve because I always succeed. It's beautiful. And so what we've done is we, we do this with athletes and then we just ask some questions around it. Which side was easier for you to come up with? When you look at both of those sides, what do you think? And just have them talk about it. And, and there's wildly different answers. Some it's easier for strong boys. Some it's easier for weak boys. And then they just unpack it. The goal of the exercise, though, is to help everyone understand that even the very best in their profession have a weak voice. And the goal becomes, how do you let the strong voice get the last word? And if you can train yourself to think through that, hey, it is normal for us to have a weak voice. And there are tendencies for when this voice speaks to us. And then we challenge it to turn it into an inner coach that guides us. One of my favorite things to do, Dave, is just ask people, if you talk to yourself or, or if you talk to others the way you talk to yourself when you're going through adversity, how would that look? And they say, I would not have any friends. Yeah. And so now you're fighting two enemies, the problem and yourself. Right. And if you can turn your private voice into an inner coach that guides you through life, that's the ultimate gift because that's the voice that'll be with you until your death. So what does Dr. Jameson say about that, about weak and strong points? Because she says everybody has their 
issue. Everybody has their. Yeah, everybody has a punch in their punch card. Like you may feel like, oh, I'm not fast or I'm not smart. Everybody's going to have a I'm not something. So it's an equalizer. It may not be the same, but we all have something that will get us. And so how, what can we put in place to help us overcome that or talk us through it or calm us down or deescalate or whatever the situation is? One of the things that's really been important for me in that whole headspace is something that Brett said, not from a psychological research-based perspective, but from a coaching perspective. And, and I guess it was the NBA, maybe it was for NCAA, that the Health of the team is on the face of the coach. How does that, how you say it? Mm-hmm. The health of a team is a reflection of the face of the coach. So do you want to talk about that a little bit? Because in from a parent perspective, when you act like the world is over, the world is over. And from when, when, when I am having to open a school in a pandemic and I'm freaking out, um, you want me on the wall because I'm the guy who's not going to freak out. Right. But I mean, talk a little bit about what that looks like. I think a great tool for parents would be asking their kids to make a TikTok video of them impersonating them. And then have the parents watch it because I think that it would be an enlightening experience for them to see all the cues that their children are picking up from them. And it makes me think about the line for modeling. If I want my team to fill in the blank, then I need to fill in the blank. And when you realize that you're the physical manifestation of the standard, I think your leadership goes to a completely different level. It's true, right? Yeah, and every single podcast that we've had with Kelly Jameson has been about modeling. Like what the parents do, the kids will see. And so it goes back to that example about college entrance. When we look at that and you know, um, what the what the psychologist will say is that kids are the new black. So the new trendy thing is your kids succeeding. And so they find their value in their kids' success. And so when you take a step back and you're going to go to that university or whatever it's going to be, and it might not be the university you, university you wanted to go to, when the kids see that the parent is just as devastated, you know, you sometimes think down into that and it's hard. You know, as I reflect on my childhood, my father's uh, dad died when he was 13 years old. And so that triggers a whole different thought process for someone because now I got to support the family at a young age. His mother was a lunch lady at the school. And we grew up in a rural area where he was starting a business. And one of the most thankful experiences I have with my family is my dad gave me the space to own what I was doing. And my performances never dictated his emotions. So I had autonomy to follow what I love and own it fully. He didn't share that with me. And he supported me without being emotionally charged to my performances. And Dave, one of the things that we do with every parent when I was working in the basketball academy for the first 10 years of my career, would we would bring all the parents in and we'd ask them two questions. What do you want your child to get out of the sport experience? And almost always it came back to something about developing them as a stronger human being and helping them become more independent to take on life's challenges. 
And then the second question we would ask is, what do you think your role is as a parent to make sure that comes true? And oftentimes they would say all the things that you would expect, support, love, all those different things. And so what we would do is we would use that as a, a recalibration tool because it's so easy, as you know, when you go to an Oklahoma State game as a Texas Tech fan, you're going to get kicked out of the stadium because emotions take the wheel. <laughs> Actually, the emotions from the Oklahoma State person was the reason that I had to have some help getting out of the stadium yes. because I was trying to need some protection. Like an escort. Well, regardless, <laughs> emotions <laughs> took the wheel from somebody. And the I was point so disappointed is, in them. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> So we want recalibration tools to remind them who they are. And that's uh, those two questions help with that. It was really funny uh, when you say that to, to go on my own. My kid, my, my son, Cal's a freshman at Tech this year. And he had a good game. And somebody asked me about that and said, aren't you so proud of him? And I said, and I really wasn't reflecting on the game. I, you know, and I, and I reflected on it. And I said, I'm so proud of the, of the kid he is that allows him to realize that the game isn't the most important thing and that the human being that he is going to be is going to well exceed anything he's going to get from being player of the game or all district or, you know, any of those things. And it's, it's, it's hard to get in that headspace because I'm a guy who's a really big competitor and I like doing all those things early on with the, my kids, I had to take a step back and I did, I couldn't coach. I couldn't do any of those things for the very thing reason you're talking about. Cause I get too emotional. And when you hurt my kids in Wiley, I, I want you to hurt. I mean, I, you know, I really do. When my kids lose, it really bothers me. And when we lose a game, I, 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 you know, I, I slink out in, 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 because it's, it's, it's like someone hurt my kids. And, and, and I think what do parents who are emotionally invested in that game? I get it. And so thinking about that, it comes to my next question. So um, when you think about this, I'm going to actually go to achievement doesn't equal value. And it's a few years ago, there was this kid, and I'm not going to talk about who it is because they might not want me to, but I wrote a recommendation letter for him. And um, okay, the top five kids in, as, 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 a, as a school educator, regardless of what, being a teacher, being a superintendent, he is, he's in it. Probably number two. One number one, I mean, this is that kind of kid, rare blend. Um, well, he was a valedictorian, and when at the end of the, uh, when they were having valedictorian, they were introducing him, somebody said, hey, if Jack, if, I mean, if this person has um, touched your life in some way uh, from helping them, could you stand up? How, what percentage of, of the audience stood up? Or was it like over half? I over would, half of I the mean, audience, of five or 6,000 people stood up because he made a difference in their life. So they're perfect SA, ACT, nearly perfect SAT, National Merit Scholar, all those different things. Extracurricular, he was also started a math club to help people, to, to help kids in need, in need, and just choir, all this stuff. He didn't get admit, admitted to, uh, as far as, he was, he was, he was in this, this, this space where, you know, he was, he was trying to be, be challenged about different things. And he went through things, and he got in life, and he, he never did equal, and he's in, he's in Harvard. But, but you know, with him, he never did ever he got everything he wanted to, and it never did affect his space. He never did care one way or the other. He was always just trying to be right where he was doing the things that were going to make him the next whatever. Mm. And I mean, and this kid will go forever and do whatever. He's going to be an amazing kid. And uh, how do you help a person 
achieve that? What do you do? Because you deal with these athletes that are at this level academically from an athletic perspective. What do you? How do you help them? So many thoughts come to mind when you tell that story because I see those type of kids often. Yeah. And I'm going to give you something that's really interesting. A coach told me this last week. It was an Ivy soccer coach. And there, the team that scored first, there was no come from behind victories in the Ivy League. Think about really? that the whole season. So when you have this perfectionism in you, it's hard to be resilient when you face adversity. And oftentimes we think that the kids that have it figured out, have it figured out. But those are the ones that are just as much at risk because they're not getting the support because the coach looks at them and thinks they're fine. I'm going to go invest over here. Mm -hmm. And so they're isolated with all these expectations to continue to achieve. Now, it seems like this person was able to self-organize and be present and not allow that to disrupt his inner experience. The challenge that I would have for anyone in that situation is to think of the best achievement you've ever had. And whatever that is, so everyone think through theirs, how long does that feeling of satisfaction last before you get to the next thing? How big is that? Mm -hmm. And the thing with him, if you ask him that, he would say what I'm doing today. And I think that's a healthy spot because everyone says focus on the process. The process is where you spend 99% of your time. The results are such a, it's a, such a small moment in time. And so my favorite line from Sherry Cole, who just retired yesterday as a Hall of Fame basketball oh coach gosh, at wow. Oklahoma. Yeah. And she's swimming in a sea of love because of all the people she's impacted. One of her favorite lines is how you spend your days is, of course, how you spend your lives. You spend your lives in the process. So you want to make sure that whatever it is you're doing, you love it because those are the minutes you're giving away on earth. Mm. Well, when you talk about this too, sometimes we talk about that achievement doesn't equal your value. And there's experiences that other kids have that want to get, want to grow, want to be at a division one, want to do those different things. Dave, you know why we have to say that? Why? Because when, when kids get, a, when they uh, accomplish something special, the praise that they get is like a drug in their bloodstream. And once that wears off, they want more. And they become addicted to that. Mm -hmm. And it takes a really strong individual to, to realize I don't need that or I'm going to protect myself from that praise before I achieve it. I don't know hardly anyone that has done that. I think that they get hit with the drug and then they have the detox and then they become addicted to achievement. And when you're addicted to achievement, the biggest challenge with that is you're only as good as your last performance because it cuts both ways. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so in the downtimes that there's an absence, there's a void and people are, are stripped of what makes them feel good about themselves. And so they project that to everyone close to them in their life. And you can imagine what kind of life experience that creates. Think about what Dr. Jameson said last time about what Brett just said. 
but she was saying um, she's a therapist. So in therapy, when she's talking to kids or their families or what parents or whoever, um, to help them kind of process where that validation is coming from, she asked them, the parents or the kid, are you, think about the questions or that you're asking your kids. Are they more about the numbers, the metrics, like what grades you got, what score, how many points you did, or are they about the words, how you felt, what you did, what you contributed? And she said, it's really eye-opening for people to think about how many times they're praising or asking questions about the metrics instead of the person. And, and we talk about the action between the action. Mm -hmm. So all this is going to happen in the sport context or really the life context to where the parents that pay attention to how the kid handles the successful events inside of a game and how they handle the adverse situations inside of the game. Because I think what this therapist is saying is they are zoomed in to how the kid is responding to good and bad. And when you think about that, and especially how emotional sport is, is there a better training platform to help kids understand how to respond to emotional events, good and bad, to prepare them for life? I think that's what draws me to sport. It's so impressive about that and so true. And one of the things, one of the people that I think that Brett hones in on is a person I wanna know more about, um, Few, Mark Few, he's the coach at Gonzaga, and um, he tries to develop the human. It seems like that's a lot of the things that he does. And so if you were thinking like him, Brett, and put this, I want to talk about making the most of where we are right now in this COVID situation. So in Wiley, uh, we have a prom, you know, but it's going to be like a socially distant garden party. It's not like the same. Now, <laughs> From a dad from a senior girl six feet apart, that's a great thing. Well, you know, I'm glad that oh I'm glad that we're having a socially distant gracious. prom. That's fantastic. It's it's the Wiley way. But uh, when we're talking to parents and educators, kids during the pandemic, um, traditionally we're dealing with people that are having conversations about all the things they're missing out on and all the things that we're doing for safety reasons. Um, when Coach Few, when you're talking to them and he's talking to his kids that are probably going to make a big run into the into the in the March Madness, um, how does how does he handle making the most out of what he does from a basketball perspective, and how would we relate that to that human perspective of getting our kids to appreciate our educators ourselves to appreciate life? Mark Few is one of the most incredible humans that I've met. And so I started working with Gonzaga men's basketball because of that. Now, this year, just for context for the, the listeners, Gonzaga is, I believe, the fourth team since 1970 to go undefeated throughout the regular season. And for them, one of the keys is the defensive side of the ball. And that's where all the blue collar work is for those that might not understand basketball. And so crowds give you a lot of energy to do that work. So what's really impressive about what they've been able to do is they have to manufacture their own energy because there's no external sources they can draw from. And to be able to do it with that level of consistency and all the unexpected events that COVID brings that's what's remarkable. And so Mark Few has been offered every job that comes open. 
and he stays in Gonzaga, which is in a non-Power 5 conference. And the cool thing about what he does with his staff is he gives them incredible latitude to operate. And their strength coach, Travis Knight, he's a beneficiary of that. And we developed three years ago what we call PGMs, Personal Growth Mondays, where we bring in assets and then facilitate the conversation with the team about how to process all the different events that they're going through. And it has been truly remarkable. And I think it's deeply embedded into their culture. And I think that one of the things that Trav does is helps them see the real value of achievement, that it has nothing to do with a, a gold object, that it has everything to do with what they're doing right now. And if you think about happiness, when we are unhappy as humans, it's because we're focused on what we don't have as opposed to what we do. And in that environment, the more you achieve, everyone around you starts to focus on what you haven't accomplished as opposed to what you have. So the internal strength it takes to not allow the outside to affect the inside and inherently make you unhappy because they're focused on what you don't have, that's the brotherhood that they're building to combat those forces. And that to me is what makes Gonzaga unbelievable. And it's exactly what that kid that we were talking about that is going to achieve great things, that is going to do big things, that he always is so appreciative of everything mm -hmm. from, a, from a stick of gum to a National Merit Scholar recognition. He just is, a, is grateful and moves on. And uh, you know what? His parents also are the most amazing people because they don't measure, you know, that in terms of achievement, but they just want to have a good human uh, in the end. And I guess that's, you know, our goal to, to, to establish and create, you know, the Wiley way. And the, the thing is, is that if, if you are a, a parent and you're listening to this, I would encourage you to get on to whatdrawswinning.com and take advantage of Brett's stuff. Take advantage of it now. Brett is going to grow and grow in terms of this space. And it's going to be a national name that we're going to be able to hear much more about later on. And, and, and in the end, it's it's going to go more than sport. It's mm -hmm. going to be something that we're going to be uh, trying to proselytize here in Wiley ISD, but but definitely in the education space to, to grow people not only to be good at their, their sport, but grow into their achievement as far as human beings as well. Right. Brett, anything hey, any last, last words? Thing I'd like to say to your listeners is just the reason I'm partnered with you all is because I believe in your mission. And you see a lot of people that talk about it, but the actions communicate value. And what I see in your all's actions is a deep investment and a, a striving for growth in this area. And it is inspiring and having to get to know your principals and assistant principals is remarkable at the conversations you all are having and what you're doing to develop them as leaders so they can affect the next generation of leaders. Man, thank you. And I'm going to say that that's as good a compliment as we're going to get. And I'm going to encourage about Wiley ISD parents, uh, take a moment to log into your kid's achievement profile. And I know that you're thinking about all the things you want them to do, but take a moment to look at their strengths to look at what their emotional levels are as far as their what their goals are because there are so many things right with your kid 
And if you can just take a moment to appreciate that and live in that moment of appreciation for who they are. I talk and walk and listen to these kids every day, and they are just amazing human beings. And don't think that they're not listening. I was uh, yelling over to an outfielder the other day that was playing baseball, and he gave me a tiny wave because he's he's embarrassed of me. But (laughs) at the end of the day, they do appreciate it. And they might think that you're a goober, and I am, but, but they do love you. And keep trying. Keep engaged because it matters. Thanks, Brett. Thanks for having me.